2: sorry about that. I didn't set the heat. It was set to that when I came in. Baloney. I, wouldn't I didn't touch Nobody it. Nobody puts the heat on it. Do you, do you see the thermostat in my possession?
1: <laughs> oh, wait. We're on Oh, I'm sorry. And, Never mind. Listening <laughs> <laughs> to you from News Radio 1070. Sound like a couple of old married people. You, ah. you turn
2: up the thermostat again.
1: Bunch of old men. <laughs> bunch of old white-haired white guys. All right. Welcome on board everybody. On the mark sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, at least until this moment anyway it was. And our toll-free line will be open as we approach the top. At the hour, one 800 In the meantime, you're welcome to email us at wkok.com. We have a candidate on the line who's uh, looking for some open mic time, and this is that moment. Brian Kerstetter is with us. An attorney in Lewisburg has got a, a resume that is extremely extensive. Tons of experiences of serving in the DA's office, a, a public defender even, and uh, private attorney. So, broad range of knowledge and experience. Experience, And we'll let him elaborate on that, Brian. Thank you so much for calling in. Good
3: morning, gentlemen. Uh, thank you for having me.
1: I do appreciate that. Well, tell us all about your candidacy. Uh, first of all, uh, give us an elevator speech about who Brian is, the guy who wants to be the next judge in the 17th Judicial District.
3: Okay, I'll try and do that as quickly as possible. Um, I'm born and raised in Lewisburg. I left uh, long enough to go away to college and law school, uh, returned to the area back in 1999 since I did that. Uh, I've lived and worked in both counties. Uh, I think I have a pretty good working relationship with the attorneys and courthouse staffs in both counties. Um, I lived in Sealands Grove for almost three years before I built my home in Kelly Township. Uh, I've been living there ever since. Uh, In 1999, I started my own practice from the grassroots. Uh, There aren't many, if any, other attorneys in Union and Snyder County who can say that they did that, that they actually started their practice uh, when they returned from law school from the grassroots. Uh, in private practice, I've represented clients in in many different types of cases, divorce cases, custody cases, support cases. Uh, I've handled civil litigation. I've handled estate matters like writing wills, powers of attorney, living wills. I've done bankruptcies for both individuals and businesses. I've represented and I continue to represent numerous businesses, <clears throat> both inside and outside of the area. Helped a ton of people buying and selling home or business. I'm actually a title insurance agent. Uh, I've administered estates for those who have died. Uh, As you pointed out, uh, in 1999, I took a job as the first assistant public defender in Snyder County. I worked there for about a year and a half, uh, and then in June in 2001, uh, then D.A. Sholley, now Judge Sholley, hired me as his first assistant. Uh, At that time, uh, Judge Hudock, the judge who was leaving, uh, was the second assistant D.A. Uh, I took a break from DA work in 2006 to focus on my private practice, and after a few years I decided that I just couldn't get the DA work out of my blood. Uh, in January of 2012 I returned to the DA's office, uh, I've been there ever since. Uh, that's really where I gained my trial experience in both of those positions. I've done over uh, 100 jury trials, uh, I have a bench trial this afternoon uh, over in Snyder County, I have a few trials uh, next week. Uh, after the primary Um, as part of my private practice again I've done civil trials in both counties Uh, I just uh, won a four point two million dollar judgment in Northampton County uh, in a wrongful death case Uh, in addition to that I've been doing appellate work in all of Pennsylvania's appellate courts including the Pennsylvania Supreme Court uh, not just in criminal cases but uh, in civil cases as well Uh, so that's just a little bit about me uh, where I've been um represented both Snyder and Union County domestic relations offices for 20 years. Uh, I'm a solicitor for numerous townships, municipal authorities, zoning hearing boards, uh, I'm counsel for and a born member of Susquehanna Valley Law Enforcement Camp Cadet. I represent the Buffalo Valley Regional Police Commission. Uh, as I stated, businesses, I've been a guardian ad litem, uh, representing the interest of children in cases. I've been a custody conference officer. I've taught classes in the paralegal program at McCann. Uh, I just had the pleasure of presenting a class on uh, report writing to police officers and district attorneys uh, down in Harrisburg. So. Uh, that's the that's the elevator speech that
1: you requested. That <laughs> was a long ride to the top.
3: That, I, I apologize. It was probably too I much. think
2: we reached the penthouse about 10 <laughs> minutes ago.
1: No. <laughs> no, but that's fine. It's clear that that's you, got, that's good. you have a wide range of experiences there. And I think one of the things that you can bring to the bench is this idea that you have seen, participated, and advocated in uh, what is really, uh, I'm going to call it a drama for just lack of a better word. It's what goes on in families, or what happens when, an individual might be arrested and wants to do good again or what happens when a individual is uh, well, I guess potentially falsely accused or something like that but uh, I mean you know from domestic relations up to just uh, standard prosecution I-, I just think you bring to the table um, probably have seen everything in Snyder County maybe that's what I'm trying to say here
3: well, I don't think that there's been any area of the law that I haven't uh, practiced in that are you know, routinely, routinely dealt with by judges of courts of common pleas uh, in the area. Uh, the, the vast majority of the cases that common pleas judges have before them, at least in this area, uh, are criminal cases and they're family law cases. Um, and, and obviously I've gotten the criminal law experience with the public defender and the district attorney work over my 21-year career, but, but private practice for 21 years, that's been primarily what I've been focused on, uh, is the family law aspect of that. So yes, there's just that, that, that broad range of experience there, but, but specifically in the areas that, that, that are mostly dealt with by common pleas judges on a, on a day-to-day basis.
2: Brian, I've had the honor of serving on the Pennsylvania Bar Association's Judicial Review Commission and the Investigative Division, and I, I know a little bit about the kinds of things the Bar Association looks for in, in appellate judges. I know you're not running for appellate court, but I think one of the things that they certainly focus on is demeanor how well you are, how balanced you are in terms of being able to take the buffeting and yet not get overly excited. And it seems to me that your campaign here you know, it's a little testy. How how do you reconcile those two things?
3: Well, it's a good question. When you talk about judicial temperament and things like that, it's certainly a fair question, but I'm not sure that it's fair for me to comment on my own temperament. Um, I think that's sort of tantamount to asking about integrity, and those sorts of things have to be judged by others. So what I can say is that I would encourage voters to talk to those who I work with uh, on a daily basis I'm talking about attorneys, courtroom staff, uh, clients, uh, and go ahead and get their opinion uh, on my temperament. Um, I'd hope that my temperament is in line with my philosophy to uh, be impartial, uh, be firm but fair, uh, be objective, be respectful, uh, work hard, uh, don't give out any volume discounts, um, strictly interpret the federal and state constitutions, and don't legislate from the bench. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, Explain what kind of, I know you can't comment on any specific cases, but are there any cases that you've dealt with as an assistant to DA or any of these other many uh, opportunities that you've had that really state who you are? That You know, folks can say, I I know who Brian Kerstetter is because when he was the attorney for blank, uh, he made sure that this happened or that happened. Any cases that kind of really speak to your character?
3: Well, I would hope that the cases that I, that I do every day speak to my character. Uh, you know, it's the day in, day out sort of grind in the courtroom where, as a district attorney, I provide a voice for uh, victims uh, of crimes. Um, you know, I'm an advocate for individuals who are involved in civil cases. I attempt to give them uh, a voice, whether that's in a custody case, a support case, Uh, whether that's in, uh, again, a divorce case or even a civil litigation matter. I don't know that I can necessarily uh, pinpoint one case who says it's going to tell people exactly who I am. I think day in and day out, uh, I I, I try to be that person who's willing to go to bat uh, for somebody in the most uh, respectful manner possible. Um, I've said in in some of my radio ads that are running uh, on your station, uh, that I want to be, above all, uh, fair to opposing parties and their counsel. And again, I think if you talk to the folks that I work with on a daily basis, uh, that'll shine through. Uh, there was one case uh, back very early on, and thinking it was about 2001, it's a case that actually went to the uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court, and it was a case involving uh, child support. Uh, very boring case. Uh, To me, it was exciting, of course. I think to maybe some other lawyers it would have been exciting, but it was all about calculating uh, arrearages uh, in a support case. And I ended up losing that decision, I think, four to three uh, in the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. But after that, I just got a ton of requests from all over the country uh, to come be an advocate uh, in support cases uh, for Uh, individuals who are involved in those types of cases. So, uh, without getting into the specific details of that case, uh, that case stands out uh, at me as being one of those cases that really, uh, you know, shows who I am in terms of being an advocate.
2: I'd like to go back to the second part of my question, which uh, we didn't get to cover. Uh, this campaign, it seems a little testier to me than most judicial campaigns. In other words, you're not above uh, taking off the gloves and your opponent doesn't seem to be above taking off the gloves and, you know, smacking, um, hitting each other a little bit with, with different issues. So talk a little bit about what you think the main issues are. What difference you, differentiates you from your opponent?
3: Well, I think what differentiates me from my opponent is just my level of experience, um, and I think I've already gone over that uh, in great detail. Again, I've been doing the sorts of cases that common police judges deal with uh, on a daily basis. I have that experience in, in the major areas of the law uh, and the minor areas of the law that judges deal with uh, on a daily basis. Uh, you know, as far as the c- campaign goes, you know, I, I don't think either one of us Uh, wanted it to go that direction. We have some zealous supporters uh, on both sides uh, for both of us. Uh, Those individuals have spoken out, whether publicly or privately. Uh, You know, I think you have to have some thick skin uh, if you're going to work in this job. You know, I don't condone uh, negativity per se. Uh, I am going to respond when I feel as though my integrity, my experience um, or whatever my temperament uh, that's necessary to be a good judge uh, is attacked. Um, but there have been uh, vocal uh, opponents and supporters of both of us on, on both sides. Um, and yes, it's probably gotten just a little bit testy uh, over the last few weeks. I don't think that's come specifically for, from myself or from my attorney, but rather from you know, the folks who are uh, passionate about us as candidates for judge.
2: Well, of course, there is uh, legal action, I guess, pending. You're on the receiving end of a letter from uh, your opponent's attorneys uh, urging you to stop some type of action. Would you talk about that a little bit and whether or not you feel it was justified?
3: Well, I I can talk about it in general. Um, And there was a story in the Daily Item, I guess, yesterday uh, about that. Um, Just to be clear, though, there isn't any lawsuit pending that I'm aware of. Um, There was a mention... Uh, perhaps of, of a lawsuit being filed. Um, there was a reference to perhaps a judicial conduct board or a uh, disciplinary board uh, action being filed. I mean, look, I don't, I don't really think that those sorts of things are going to go anywhere. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that my uh, opponent decided to go that route. I understand that she's upset uh, about some of the statements uh, that may be floating around out there. Uh, about her candidacy. Um, I don't think it should really come as any surprise that you know, a couple of the individuals who've been involved as supporters of mine um, you know, who have had uh, issues with her over the last 10 years or so uh, would still be vocal about those things uh, during this election. And one of the things that we have to be very careful about, I mean, both of us are are running as Republicans. Both of us are are passionate about our constitutional rights and things like that. So I certainly have a problem with you know, an individual trying to attempt to stifle uh, another individual's right to free speech and state their opinions about which candidate they feel is best for the position.
2: Well, of course, both of you have cross-filed. Am I correct on that? That's typical. That's correct. So, it could wind up that one of you would get the Republican nomination and one the Democratic nomination. If you were the one that got the Democratic nomination, would you accept it, and would you continue to run for the office, even though you are, as you said, a Republican?
3: Absolutely, uh, and the reason why is, is, you know, this is a an apolitical position. I say we don't check voter registration of the individuals who come into the courtroom. It doesn't matter whether they're Republicans, Democrats, Independents, or whatever. Uh, we have to judge every case based on the facts that are presented in the courtroom and not based on any sort of political uh, affiliation and i would certainly um, do that um yes i since uh, since the 80s i believe the individual who has won the democratic nomination as part of of winning both uh, tickets um, has ultimately won uh, the seat Uh, I can think of one race between Tom Clark and Wayne Bromfield, um, late 80s, early 90s. I can't remember exactly when it was. Uh, Both ran as Republicans, and uh, Tom Clark won the Republican nomination. Wayne Bromfield won the Democratic nomination. Uh, Then in the fall, Wayne Bromfield actually won uh, the overall election. So uh, since we've had two judges in both counties, the individual that has won the Democratic nomination, Uh, has ultimately taken the bench. So again, I would certainly uh, accept the nomination.
2: Does the Joint Judicial District work well or would it be better to have Snyder County on its own and Union County on its own?
3: Uh, That's a really good question. Um, Probably at this point it works okay uh, having both. I have a feeling that with the increased caseload that's occurring in in both counties uh, there may actually come a time where Uh, you know, the judicial district is going to have to go back into, you know, just being, you know, union or Snyder County, not, not the same judicial district um, for both counties. Um, there are other, uh, judicial districts that, that are made up of two counties in Pennsylvania, uh, Columbia is one of them, Uh, I think Sullivan and Wyoming's another, uh, you know, in those areas that are, that are really uh, still mainly rural. You know, I think they're going to be able to 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 keep up with this uh, judicial district that comprises two counties uh, for much longer than we are in these areas with the increases in caseload that we're seeing. But for right now, it's working well. Uh, really, common pleas judges don't have anything uh, to say about that. That'll be within the province of the legislature to decide that. Those are just my basic thoughts on that.
1: And uh, you have a moment left for an additional comment. Anything else you want to add?
3: Well, as I've already indicated, I've been a courtroom attorney for my 21-plus year career, and because of that, I've developed a pretty thorough working knowledge of the law, courtroom procedure, uh, the rules of evidence, et cetera. Um, No one else is going to be able to say that they have the depth of experience uh, that I have. So on Tuesday, uh, I'd ask all of your voters to consider me for their vote.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, Brian. Thanks for checking in. Nice, Brian. And keep in touch, and uh, uh, we'll be talking to you next Tuesday night one way or another. So thank you so much, sir.
3: Thanks, Brian. Thank you, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Have a good day.
1: You too. Thank you. That is uh, Brian Kerstetter, attorney in Lewisburg. He's an assistant uh, district attorney, and as you heard on his resume, is uh, has filled and does fill a wide range of other jobs. Uh, as we mentioned, there is somebody else on the Pennsylvania Spring primary election ballot next week. We have invited that individual to be on the show. They have not yet accepted, so they have until noon tomorrow to do so. If they, uh, Or noon today, rather, noon today, uh, to respond to that invitation don't do uh, interviews about the election on the Monday of the election so uh, Friday's On The Mark program would be the last opportunity you are listening to On The Mark WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show On The Mark we got open phones 1-800-795-9565 if you want to talk about something that came up during the remarks you just heard uh, you feel free to call us 1-800-795-9565 you can email us at onthemark at wkok.com let's see we can talk about uh, the news. Let's see, Liz Cheney Oh, uh, no, no, we need to
2: talk about Joe Biden Joe getting Biden. into trouble for answering questions.
1: <laughs> Joe Biden is, is his handlers are upset, I guess. His
2: handlers are just frothing at the mouth. <laughs> All
1: right, so Joe Biden uh, the, uh, what do they call that, those things when you r- run Puppet. them? Puppet, st- he's a marionette. Marionette, He's that's had, right. the strings are being pulled. It's too bad his wife wasn't named Annette. You could say he's marrying Annette, you know, So, and he's <laughs> oh, been brother. doing it ever since. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Joe Biden's always uh, on the mind of Joe, and let's see what he lives up in. Joe's head rent-free, they say. <laughs> so, uh, Let's see, Dick Cheney, or not Dick Cheney, Dick Cheney. but uh, Liz Cheney, and uh, what else has been in the news? Oh, 12-year-old's able to get the jab if they so choose, if their parents allow well, it. Well,
2: and of course, there's been the uh, squad defending the Palestinians and over the Israelis,
1: over the the fact that I the Israelis that. are being bombed every day—well, that's a complex issue. I, I uh, we've been going back and forth with this different people on this program for centuries, so I don't think that much is going to change. All right, oh, I didn't w- know we've been on that long. Oh well, <laughs> have you been seeing the mirror lately? One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We will be right back. Welcome back to WKOK KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We have a caller standing by, Joseph. You're on the mark.
5: Good morning, gentlemen. I want to comment on President Biden's uh, uh, comments on the Palestinian situation there in Israel. Uh, he just uh, told, uh, said on the news that Israel has the right to defend themselves. Well, that's nice. He also said that they, but that they should be very careful to not uh not limit try to limit no ser- civilian casualties uh but he didn't say one word about the palestinians who are shooting at civilian targets uh, hundreds and hundreds of missiles and when israel makes a targeted attack it's it's trying to they're trying to uh get the uh the people that are sending the missiles over they're not just indiscriminately shooting at uh apartment houses or something like that as the palestinians are and isn't it strange um that uh israel is our number one uh ally in the region and yet president biden has uh, forwarded money to the plo as as all these presidents had formerly and president trump had cut that money off to these terrorists you know um uh, it's it, it just but i i am heartened by this the other night I heard Mr. Uh, President Biden say, and I, I know he wouldn't lie to us, he said, I am not a deficit spender.
6: But boy, what? <laughs> that really made me
5: feel good because now I see that he must be taking this money out of his savings account or something that he's spending, but I don't know where he's getting it, but he's not a deficit spender. Uh, no,
2: he prints money. He doesn't borrow it. Deficit implies he borrows. <laughs> it. He just prints it.
5: Well, I <laughs> know. Uh, huh. Yeah, it's... Uh, but you know, uh, it's it's all par for the course because uh, all nations, all nations are going to be against Jerusalem uh, at the end of the time, and so this is just just part of that uh, that uh, that philosophy, you know, of of being against those people, the Jews, and it's their heritage, you know. Uh, And not only that, every president, Barack Obama, Vice President uh, Biden when he was vice president, had the opportunity to move our embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem to recognize that as the capital of Israel. And none of them did it. Twice a year they had that, that option to do that. The only one that had courage enough to do that was President Trump. And which was a major uh, fulfillment of prophecy, if people know anything about prophecy in that area.
2: But well, the one thing is that uh, Biden has not rescinded it. He hasn't moved it back to Tel Aviv, yeah. so well, there, wouldn't that's good. It would
5: surprise me if he would, uh, <laughs> if he does. I'll, I'll put it that way. It would not surprise me one bit. would not.
2: I was actually rather surprised that the squad, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, Representative Ilhan, and uh, what's the other lady's name? All of them have come out against uh, Israel in this battle, or this discussion, uh, claiming that they're ignoring the fact that Israel did things they were going to throw people out of their homes. And apparently that's what started this um, situation in the Middle East currently.
5: Well, at uh, uh, number one, in the six-day war, Israel did not want to fight uh, against J- Jerusalem. They did not, not want to, but jo- King Hussein, or, uh, uh, I can't think of his name, of Jordan, uh, which had power there in the in the city of Jerusalem, uh, he he started to fight. But they didn't want to go on that front. But uh, they did, and they won, you know. and uh, But again, uh, again, they were not... Uh, when they, when they, in the six-day war, when they took Jerusalem, they also took the Temple Mount area, but the next day they gave it back because it wasn't time yet for the fulfillment of things as the second temples to be built uh, on the Temple Mount. Uh, when the anti-Messiah sits in that
2: temple, according okay. to the you know. Well, there we go. We're out of time.
1: Thank you, Joseph. Right. Have a good day. Okay. Take care. Oh, yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate the call. We'll have open phones during the 9 a.m. hour. We can talk about Liz Shane and the squad. And Judge. Potential candidate for Judge Kerr, Stetter, or anything else on your mind? You are listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury. We hardly give enough credit to our fabulous producer, Mr. Rob Center. First, CBS News, then some local headlines on On the Mark.
0: Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan.
1: Greetings. Welcome aboard WKOK's Double KOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. We now have open phones. We'd love to hear from you. Put Rob to work, our fabulous producer on the other side of the class, taking good care of us at all times. Uh, we appreciate his help and hard work. Uh, we would love to hear from you today. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, likely topics. Joe Biden uh, being manipulated by his handlers in plain sight. Uh, Joe has a clipping about that, he says. Uh, Where
2: where should I go next? (laughs) Uh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's not that bad, really. Okay. And uh, let's see, Liz Cheney finally demoted, uh, yet she persisted shortly thereafter. She had a lot of remarks about uh, President Biden should never set foot in the White House again, so we can talk about that. President Biden? I think you mean President Trump. Oh, President Trump, Right. (laughs) Well, I gonna... agree with that statement, though, that Biden
2: should not set foot in the White House again. <laughs> All right.
1: Yes. Thank you. A U.S. southern border catastrophe still being talked about. <laughs> and uh, let's see. What is it? Day 50. Fox News last night had a count in the lower corner. The number of days without a news conference since Kamala Harris was import- was put in charge of the Central American debacle. So uh, we still don't have any words. Fortunately for her, Joe doesn't remember that he did it. Mm, OK. <laughs> COVID-19 vaccine vaccinations available for kids, and I have three conversation starters I brought there. Oh, e- each is just two sentences, so it'll just take a moment. On the mark sponsor for the Sunbury Motor Company, please do as I've done. Go to sunburymotors.com, order your next vehicle. Instead of taking a few weeks, it takes a few months now, but they would just love to hear from you, and they'll get that vehicle in, at which time you can buy it, <laughs> even if it's mine. Mm-hmm. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800- 795-9565. Yeah, one of our listeners yesterday Called the newsroom and said, uh, Mark shouldn't toy with a supply chain since. Uh, there's a shortage of parts ordering these vehicles and then not taking them when they show up at the Sunbury Motor Company. I agree with that. All I right, think folks. you should be required to buy everything you search for. Uh, there's a little <laughs> bit of puffery involved in this, okay? I okay. don't actually order all of the vehicles okay. that I say that I've ordered. I'm just describing superlative uh, Kia Tellurides or a Ford F-150. I was thinking about a Ford F-250, but I found out something about it that... Uh, uh, some of the luxurious accoutrements of the nicest, nice F-150 don't fit in the F-250. It's more of an like an industrial truck, so uh, I stopped ordering that F-250. And I also, I just wanted a crew cab. I didn't want two rows of seats, and I found out that in order to get the sunroof, you have to have two rows of seats. So guess what? You didn't get that. No, they're going to be in it. <laughs> I have to get the sunroof. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. All right. Toll-free line open. Shut me up. 1-800-795- 9565. Uh, in the news, state police say it was a man from New York State badly burned in that fire yesterday at the Susquehanna Valley Mall in a truck in the parking lot or in a sort of a uh, food stand truck set up. Michael Santillo of Prattsburgh New York, said to be in critical condition today at Lehigh Valley Hospital. A prone propane issue. The dilemma there. As you heard, if you heard some of our program yesterday, Mark McDay, the union representative at putting saying that the district's not negotiating in good faith.
7: One of the worst I've ever seen as far as an employer going after the employees to come up with significant cost savings. The numbers just don't add up.
1: Uh, We did try to contact the district. Both the superintendent and Wendy Weist, the school board president, said they would come out with a statement yesterday, but in the end they declined to do so. So still no statement from the Shiklami School District other than the fact that there is school tomorrow while the strike is underway. Now that the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine's been approved for people as young as 12, Geisinger is expanding its appointments to anybody 12 and up. Danville, Luzerne County, Jersey Shore, Lewistown Hospitals have pediatric teams standing by. If a 12-year-old wishes to get a shot, they have to have a parent or a guardian with them. I hate to do any good news, but yesterday at the Mansion Rehabilitation and Nursing Center and the Manor Care Skilled Nursing Facility, the Shikilami Band was playing yesterday. Including Sean Culp, who plays the tuba.
0: We haven't been able to perform since March of 2020, and so it was finally something to get out, perform in front of people, and like the residents here have been able to get out, so it's just something to do, something nice to do for the community and help out. very nice to get back out and do it
1: again. Geisinger Hospice organized uh, that uh, concert yesterday, and Governor Tom Wolf uh, did just the opposite of what uh, the Senate Republicans in Harrisburg are doing. Uh, he urged voters yesterday to vote against the two ballot questions that would limit the governor's ability in a declared emergency. He says the amendments are futile gestures aimed at a crisis Crisis that has passed and pain that we've all felt and will never be erased. He said in a downtown Pittsburgh news conference, the referenda come after months of criticism from Republicans aimed at Governor Wolf's pandemic related stay at home order, business closures and continued restrictions meant to slow the spread of the coronavirus. All right. We do have three conversation starters. We'll get to those later. we got one caller who's going to go on the radio right now. Another one coming in. Uh, Eric, you are on the mark. Thanks for calling in.
8: Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. I applaud Mr. Kerstetter for uh, coming on the air to uh, answer questions and present his viewpoints. As always, I appreciate hearing directly from candidates themselves. Um, His opponent, I guess, to date has not agreed that she she has been invited correct
1: yes she has been oh yes many times
8: and she has declined to to come on the air
1: well she hasn't responded actually <laughs> I, don't,
8: I don't know that she does so maybe you're not getting through to her is that is that what the issue is is it a communication issue or is she actually just saying um She doesn't need to come on the air. She doesn't want to expose herself to to Joe's probing questions.
2: We invite people, whether they, you know, we always tell them, and you've heard us say it on the program many times, you have an open mic here. Anybody running for public office of of some importance, we're more than willing to interview them, let them come on the air. Obviously, we're going to ask them tough questions or try to ask them tough questions, but... We try to be fair, and well, we try to be balanced, and we certainly extend the invitation to both political parties.
1: In answer to your question, she has replied in the past, uh, but uh, and was on WKOK Sunrise a number of weeks ago, but candidates for higher office in the counties and state-level offices around here get an opportunity to first come on Sunrise and introduce themselves, which she did do that, and then come on On the Mark, if they so choose, for a 20-minute appearance.
8: Okay, and her background is she is just a um, district justice, correct?
2: I wouldn't say just a district justice. That's a pretty responsible position. <laughs> I,
8: I, 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 I admit that. She is a district justice. Okay.
2: Yes, that's what she is. And an attorney, and, of course. Not all district justices and, are attorneys, but she is an attorney okay. and a district justice. Okay,
8: just an attorney. And there is some question being raised by her camp as to Mr. Kirstetter and his temperament.
2: I think it was about campaign issues. I don't remember exactly what it was. Apparently, and, and I'm, I'm stretching my memory here, I believe that her camp believes that his camp uh, was less than forthcoming about her qualifications. He's made a big issue out of his qualifications, and certainly he has a very impressive resume. And I think that um, they were claiming that he may or his supporters may have distorted uh, her, her experience and her background
8: and she did not put forth her own experience and background or oh yeah she has uh, take,
2: mm-hmm. she has okay, she's put
8: forth take the full availability to uh, to further show that by appearing on your show
1: well, right, okay. yeah, she didn't accept that opportunity, but she has been on Sunrise, as we mentioned, and I'm assuming she has a campaign page on the web and probably on Facebook and that kind of thing. Plus, we're very grateful. She bought a number of radio ads, so she's getting her message out in that way. So, um, right. yeah, so. That, right. you
2: know. We, we uh, of course, federal law requires we sell advertising to candidates, but we always make free time available to those in the public interest here on this program and in other ways on some very Corporation.
1: She was invited to the League of Women Voters forum, the virtual forums that they had. She did not choose to appear on those, so um, there's one opportunity she declined, but she's had others.
8: One would think that uh, running a campaign, which is very expensive to buy airtime, uh, a person who is being forthright and everything, when you get elected, would take advantage of all opportunities to get their... Uh that's out there. Not, Not
1: necessarily. Uh, you know, some candidates are uh, don't choose because th- they don't know who's in the audience. They, they, they're they advertising. They can target certain parts of the audience. You can do direct mail to individual voters. Of course, all of the candidates that we know of around here are pretty busy, so you got to do the most good for the most people at any given time. So she may feel as though she's gotten the message out. Um, she is, uh, let's see, what did I want to say, yeah. a working magistrate, so she would be busy tomorrow morning at 8.30, I would think.
2: And there are times, too, where some people just choose not to subject themselves to that type of questioning without knowing in advance what the questions are. And, of course, we're not going to tell them in advance what the questions are, largely because we don't know what they are. (laughs) We make them up as we we go along in the flow of the conversation.
8: I would think that the questions being put forth to her would be very similar to the ones being put forth to Mr.
2: Kershner. Very. Yes, they would be very similar.
8: And I would... I would think that she would be a bit even better prepared <laughs> to coming second, anticipating some of those same questions. I just can't figure out why a candidate would not take every opportunity to get their message out there and their voice out there if they could, unless there was something they did not want to have made into public life. It just raises a question well. as a voter to me why someone would not take
2: advantage of that. I've I had the opportunity to hear Mr. Kerstetter speak before. I haven't had the opportunity to hear uh, Lori Hackenberg speak. But, you know, I would think that both of them would be fully capable of thinking on their feet and giving coherent answers to the questions we might ask. I wouldn't draw any inference from the fact that somebody uh, chooses not to appear on On the Mark. Uh, or on any other form, you know, it's just a matter of they have to run their campaign. Sometimes it's time constraints. Sometimes it's, uh, well, they they feel that this group may not be fair to them. There are a lot of reasons why someone might reject it.
1: Well, and sometimes candidates feel as though they are in the lead in the race or in polling or, you know, just in people's minds, and so they don't want to appear in public because it can only hurt them you know it's like joe biden didn't do live news conferences ever while campaigning because he was already ahead in the polls it could only hurt you so good point you know i to this day what he's done <laughs> one actual news, news conference, conference so, right. because he you know he's now he's in the white house he, the only thing that can happen is you can be asked tough questions that you can't answer
8: you guys believe that judges should should have political affiliation? It would seem to me that would be one area where where politics should probably be, and I understand we need to, I question from the election of judges, but,
1: how that, could you separate? That
8: an area where politics should be to be kept out Well, of it? the only way to, to do that candidates. is
1: to the
2: only way to do that is to go through merit selection of judges, and that debate has been kicked around for many, many years. It's one, frankly, I support. I believe that you know I know what the bar association does in an attempt to determine who are the best qualified candidates for appellate courts in Pennsylvania, and I believe that same set of criteria could be applied, perhaps modified and applied for candidates for the common pleas court in the different counties but you know voters have a right to pick their elected representatives and in effect the judge is a representative of the people and to the extent that they have a judicial philosophy that differs from their opponent you get the choice or the chance to pick which philosophy
1: you think is best all right, well, thank, thank you. You, you so much, Eric. We're
8: kind of I appreciate you, the opportunity to chat with you gentlemen this morning. Anytime, yeah, thank Eric. Thank you
1: for calling in. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. we got Mike on the line. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in.
6: Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. I have a, a human interest story today rather than the normal political stuff I talk about. <clears throat> uh, you may not know this, but I, I love to, to walk for exercise. I walk just about every day. It doesn't matter, rain, snow, wind, or whatever. And I... Uh, <clears throat> It's been a lot of fun out there by myself most of the time lately. But anyway, yesterday I was up at the local college track, and uh, when I got there, there was only one other person there, and that person was on uh, the far side of the track. So I started. uh, She was wearing a mask, and I wasn't. And eventually, I caught up with her. And so I went to the outside to be far away from her, and I said, uh, hey, if it makes you more comfortable, I can put my mask on. And uh, surprisingly, she said, oh, no, you're okay." don't worry. And uh, so I slowed down a bit and uh, we introduced ourselves, told her I hadn't seen her out there. And uh, I said, and also I'm vaccinated too. And she said, oh, I've been vaccinated since the beginning for my job. So I was a little curious, as you know, why she was there by herself with a mask on and and vaccinated. So I I asked her, I said, you know, if you're out by yourself and you've been vaccinated, why are you wearing a mask? And she said to me, she said, I wear a mask everywhere. I don't want anyone to think I'm a Republican.
2: <laughs> That's cute. Oh, very funny, very funny. Nothing hey, like sticking your finger in her eye, your, her finger in your eye. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. Hey, have
6: a good day, Joe. Right. Thanks Take a lot, care,
1: Derek. Take care. Yeah, maybe yeah. she's afraid she'll run into somebody that has the disease. <laughs> All right, or maybe she thinks she, you can still get the disease just because you've been vaccinated. All right, one 1-800-795-9565. One of our good listeners points out uh, that traffic is gummed up at the intersection of Route One Forty Seven uh, and uh, uh, Ridge Road because of the paving project that's underway there, so that was anticipated. Uh, I, I like the news release we got from PennDOT on Friday. It said, uh, of course, there were hour-long delays last week for motors that got stuck in the gridlock there, and then they said, and the lines may be longer <laughs> <laughs> this week, I'm like, holy smokes. You're going to have people backed up all the way into Northumberland. All right, uh, We had Judge Kerstetter, or uh, Candidate Kerstetter, on our show earlier today and have talked about the, the open mic that everybody has who's a bona fide candidate to be on the show Liz Cheney, Joe Biden, you got that clipping ready? Read the first oh. sentence, if you don't mind, please.
2: President Biden said during remarks on coronavirus vaccinations that he was not supposed to be answering questions.
1: <laughs> We're going to hear from Fox News momentarily. Welcome back to the KOK okay, Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, 1-800-795-9565. I have two emails, no, one email, one clipping left over from me yesterday, so we can read those on the air. Joe, are you okay? <laughs> I'm having trouble adjusting my glasses and my headphones. Your ears fall off? Oh, <laughs> well, you know, when you get old, your spatial skills go downhill. <laughs> I think NASA's still doing pretty good. Are they? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, we do have a slowdown on Route 147 at Ridge Road. Buzz might be in this traffic line, so he's waiting about 18 years in dog years there because his attention span is so short, so he has to wait longer, or it just seems that way to him. All right, Fox News says the following.
2: Uh, Well, it's a story from Fox News. I won't argue that. President Biden said during remarks on coronavirus vaccines that he was not supposed to be answering questions. After responding to a number of questions from reporters on the colonial pipeline shutdown and the unrest in Israel and Gaza, one reporter asked Biden how his infrastructure meeting with bipartisan lawmakers had gone. You guys are bad. I'm not supposed to be answering all these questions. I'm supposed to leave, the president responded. (laughs) He added that he'd come away and encouraged after meeting with House and Senate Republican leaders Kevin McCarthy That's of fine. California and Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. Biden also announced 250 million vaccines have been administered since he'd taken office and reiterated his support for Israel's right to defend itself when you have thousands of rockets flying in your territory. Last week, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that Biden taking impromptu reporter questions is not something we recommend.
1: <laughs> Wait, she said that?
2: Yes. <laughs> In fact, a lot of times we say don't oh, take God. questions, yeah. but he's going to do what he wants to do because he's the president of the United
1: States. Well, yeah, and I, you know, I, I, they—I predicted he'd be president for two years and ham, hand it over to Kamala, but uh, I don't know. Well, I'm not—you sub- know—talk about not the sure leader he of the wants free to- world not sounding tough.
2: I'm not supposed to be answering these questions. My handlers don't really want me out here making a mistake. China's watching. Donald Trump never failed to answer a question. Mm -hmm. He would actually seek out questions. Now, a lot of times the reporters hated the answers they got because he turned it back on them. Mm -hmm. But he never refused to answer a question.
1: Or he pointed out that he thought their coverage was biased. Or Or that that their question was stupid. It was a gotcha question, (laughs) you know, so he wouldn't participate in that. Well, Joe Biden on his best day is still better than President Trump, so you just have to keep resting not stronger that. than president trump president More trump assertive. was, was well, assertive and strong you know, was,
2: and you got the feeling that somebody yeah. was at the helm who knew what he wanted to achieve if you didn't want like what he wanted
1: to achieve that was okay but
2: you got somebody there who knew where he wanted to go.
1: No, well, we talked about in the past. I mean, that was really part of President Trump's appeal, is that he was from outside the Washington circle. He was a man of action. You know, you may not have liked all of his actions, you know, whether it was grabbing a woman or, you know, putting up <laughs> a, a wall between Mexico using military funds that had been budgeted for other things, which is perfectly legal. I mean, that's his prerogative. And, uh, and Grabbing
2: so, women is perfectly legal?
1: oh uh, well, no no not that okay. i mean the well, wall thing added two of them together and was, said it was perfectly no, legal. no 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 grabbing <laughs> women is not legal but uh in any event i think the fact that he would was so assertive i think that was part of the appeal sure so you never were vague as to where he stood on these you know issues you so. like a strong leader but you also like to agree with where he's
2: leading you know and i think well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well and i and i think president biden has a clear direction where he wants to go but i don't think really? he can articulate it and and i Things, telling you that, telling reporters, I'm not allowed to talk to you because I'll get in trouble. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> that,
2: help. Well, it doesn't <laughs> sound very strong. It <laughs> sounds like, well, I'm poor, weak, old Joe, and I got to do
1: what they tell me because I'll get in trouble. I, they won't give me my dinner if I don't behave. <laughs> <laughs> you go to bed without dinner. That's funny. All right, Stan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Go right ahead. Well, who
7: exactly is going to cause problems for the quote? most powerful man in the United States of America, the president of the United States. How could he possibly be in trouble for standing up in front of the press and answering a question?
2: Well I think the answer to that is his propensity
1: to answer questions with rather serious gaffes or lacks of a
2: lack well, no, but of, that's
1: uh, not what he's asking I think Kamala would be the answer I don't know who really is running the white house if not him who Kamala <laughs> like Nancy the problem, Pelosi <laughs> the squad <laughs> almost uh, anybody I don't think Nancy Pelosi is but uh, I Birdie, think Kamala would, um you know I think his key aides in the white house would probably be the uh, answer I, I,
7: I, I did notice when he was answering that question they asked him about, the, you know, the representatives from the Republicans coming to me, he couldn't remember McCarthy's name. Did you notice that? He was stuttering there. He couldn't oh. remember his name. Then he said Mitch McConnell,
9: you know, for the Senate.
7: <laughs> so, really? you know, that's, that's that's a problem. And he just had met with him that morning. And, he, and, he, and, and it isn't like uh, McCarthy's uh, hidden from public view. He's out there every day. Uh, and, he, and the President of the United States, the leader of the free world can't remember the minority leaders of the House of Representatives name?
2: Well he was wearing a, a he was wearing a red tie. I had kind brown hair uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> like about five foot eight. It, exactly
7: <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I, I don't get it. And, and, and yeah, it just it just you know if Trump had ever done that such a thing, you know, it's bad enough they're on him all the time, anyways. But if he'd done something this bad, saying that you know he's going to get in trouble because you know they don't want him out there speaking to the press, you imagine the the, the stories that would have came across CNN and MSNBC. Well, really, it would have all been he,
2: ridiculous. All President Biden would have to do is just say. I'm not going to answer that question today. You know, I'm I'm here to talk about this issue. I'm happy to answer your questions
1: on this. Well, I have a lot of better answers for all of the questions that have ever been answered in the world. I mean, I'm sure I can articulate an answer better than President Trump or Joe Biden or anybody else. That's easy to do, to say what they should have said.
7: (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. It's just the the optics and and, and the whole pile of horse puckies we've been told for the past four years. That just, you know, it just, none of it makes sense. And they're covering for him and it's not a good, not a good view, and it shows serious weakness on a part of the president of the United States, well, and it's the, showing across the world what's going on.
2: I want to be fair here. I think that in, in the questions he did answer, he answered cogently, and he, his answers made sense. I agree with him. Israel does have the right to defend itself when rockets are flying through its territory. You know, so he didn't do badly this time. And actually, some of the times I've seen him, um, you know, where he's talked off the record, he's done rather well. You know, but I I just think that, that maybe one out of ten or one out of five times he's going to say
1: something that maybe he'd like to walk back.
0: <laughs> like to, yeah, every president, probably. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Stan. Thanks for checking in. All right. Yeah, take care, Stan. Yep. Upper right hey, hand. Does,
7: is, the, is the tax machine working?
1: Not yet. Mark hasn't oh, taken no. the course. No. Yeah, we have to take a course. I mean, he's been uh, saying I he's going to take. were
7: that the other day.
1: No, we we're trying to schedule it the other day. It's it's at ten fifteen via Zoom. You want to zoom in and be in on it?
10: Oh no.
1: Okay. Well, that <laughs> no. was your chance. Well, maybe you should be
2: in on it at ten fifteen. Yes, I'll be in on it. Okay, yes. good deal.
1: So tomorrow be. the text right.
2: machine will be working, or Mark
1: won't come in. <laughs> yes, I will be tortured. I mean, uh, signed up in that fashion, shortly after the show.
2: All right. Uh, one of our emailers says, uh, Dennis Laskowski says, "Hey, Eric, it is called." constitutional rights not to enforce the vaccine. There is not 100% proof the vaccine will prevent COVID. Read the statistics showing how many have been infected again after the vaccine. As with the flu, it may become a yearly inoculation. The so-called vaccine does not work as a flu shot. It alters the RNA and triggers the DNA in one system to attempt to attack the virus if detected. It is complicated and an injection like this has never been used in humans before. Report now show that at least 3,000 U.S. citizens have died after receiving the shot, and the government states it is coincidental. 8,000 people in the U.S. have been hospitalized with sudden cardiac symptoms after receiving the shot. Search and read these findings. Tucker Carlson also did a show last Thursday reiterating the same stats, and he added much more. Oh, well, that's But I, that's anecdotal. 3,000 citizens have died after receiving the <laughs> shot. Well, I've received the shot, what, months ago, and if I were to die, you could say, well, Joe died after receiving right. the shot, but I don't think it has anything
1: to do. I can't say that I feel any different having received the vaccine. Do you? Right, and none none died from COVID after receiving the shot. That's the key.
2: Well, I think he was implying that the shot itself may have triggered something that killed the people.
1: Right. Well, he's not implying it. He's saying it right out. Well, I'm being kind. <laughs> well, and the shot isn't the vaccine's not intended to prevent you from getting COVID. It's to prevent you from being hospitalized or, um. Uh, hospitalized or killed by the disease. But I think if you vaccine what are we up to 250 million people or something and 8000 end up in the hospital that's normal that's infinitesimally small numbers so i'll take those odds well to make it fair you would need to know how
2: many people died after getting the regular flu shot and how many people got sick or uh, been hospitalized with the flu after receiving the shot right it, to me it's it's uh, it's prophylactic it's something you do to hopefully ensure that you don't have a bad outcome right so. Do you get the flu shot every year?
1: Yipper. So
2: do I. And there wasn't and there was any flu season this season, so you could either say the shot worked or the fact <laughs> that we're wearing masks and cleaning our hands, it helps.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that that must have been a real eye-opener for physicians to see, or the whole health care well, and was. public health community, to see that there was no flu I mean, to speak of, because we were all doing the things they've been telling us to
2: do all along. It makes me rethink, you know, I, I started keeping hand sanitizer in my car after this all started. I guarantee you there's always going to be about a half a gallon of hand sanitizer in my
1: car going forward. From now on. Right. 1-800-795-9565. Joe brings in clippings. So I brought in one that was, uh, this was gleaned from maybe the New York Times. I forget where I got it. Some left-leaning publication, no doubt. What's that say,
2: Joe? It says, Representative Andrew S. Clyde, a Republican of Georgia, downplayed the events of January 6th as acts of vandalism and suggested it was a bold-faced lie to call what happened that day an insurrection. Watching the TV footage of those who entered the Capitol and walked through Statuary Hall showed people in an orderly fashion staying between the stanchions and ropes, taking videos and pictures, Clyde said. You know, if you didn't know the TV footage was a video from January the 6th, you would actually think it was a normal tourist visit. (laughs) A normal tourist visit.
1: Right. (laughs) That's funny. Taking over the offices. But
2: MSNBC shows the same same video footage every single time they talk about this, the one where people are, like, poking, uh, throwing things through a doorway. Mm -hmm. I've seen it a hundred times on there. They have nothing new to illustrate what they're talking about, but they seem obsessed with this. What footage does Fox show? I haven't seen any on Fox. Fox hasn't covered – once January 6th was over, I haven't seen any coverage – from Fox, except right. about some arrests that were made and charges filed against individuals. It doesn't and fit the, the narrative. And the search for Nancy Pelosi's, well, it, it fits the narrative on MSNBC and CNN, so they're in charge <laughs> of running the bad thing and, and promoting the insurrection. Fox is trying to downplay it and bring us all back together again.
1: Fox shows normal tourists staying between the stanchions and ropes no, taking No, that's videos. not Fox. That's Clyde. Representative Clyde says No, I'm that. just, no, I'm elaborating on what's happening. Hey, welcome on board, WK. Okay's live telephone talk show on the mark, and make sure you are aware that the Sunbury Motor Company is our sponsor. We invite you to do what I've done. Check out their online specials on a regular basis. Go to sunburymotors.com. You can build a Ford, Hyundai, Kia, or any other vehicle that they sell there to your precise specifications. they Their premier, premier service provider... For all makes of cars and trucks over at the Quick Lane as well. And they got a great big parts garage that's uh, full of all kinds of parts. And they have an alignment shop where they do a lot of alignments. They also have, uh, let's see, a paint shop where they do a ton of painting. And they got a car wash where they do a ton of car washing. And a master towing service. You got it. They do tons of towing. And they have decades and decades of experience. Really, more than a century of experience. And there's no other car company around here that can say that. Sunbury Motor Company. We'll see you at the quick lane to get your oil changed or some real quick service. And uh, do as I've done. Go down to the Sunbury Motor Company on North 4th Street in Sunbury or the Kia dealership on Routes 11 and 15. Or check out this address, sunburymotors.com. Who that is a must-listen-to show. Dick Girardi is an expert's expert when it comes to horse racing. So you'll hear great information today, 3 to 5 p.m., on the Steve Jones Show on OK. You can listen to it online at WKOK.com and on the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app. We've been talking about President Joe Biden is uh, declining to take uh, tough questions when he sees reporters because his handlers have told him, I'm not supposed to talk to you guys. Alright. Right, uh, Joe. Sometimes you make you it guys are bad. I'm not supposed to be answering all these questions. Joe, I'm supposed to leave. Joe. Sometimes <laughs> you make it too easy for us on this show. I'm telling you, Bob. You're on the mark. Thanks for calling in.
10: Well, good morning. Uh, I just have to agree that Biden—he really gets things done in a hurry. Uh, some of his accomplishments in the first hundred or so days, he, he gave us. He gave us gas lines and in a short period of time that it took took Jimmy Carter 2 years to accomplish <laughs> and uh, he gave us turmoil in the mid east that took obama two and a half years to accomplish and uh, and actually in one day he he gave us 15,000 unemployed good good jobs
1: so and is everything does everything that happens in the world the president's responsibility
10: well, you blamed it all on Trump, so why wouldn't he? Yeah. Why shouldn't he take,
1: he got take you there. responsibility for? So two wrongs do make a
2: right, in other words. No, if it was all Trump's fault, I mean, isn't it logical then to assume that it's yeah, all yeah, Biden's it.
1: fault? Okay, just yeah. checking. <laughs> Go ahead, Bob.
10: Uh, it only took two months before China snubbed us and and showed what a butthead, what a butthead, uh, the scum that that uh, Mark voted for is up in Alaska, and I will say one thing, he ha- he has increased the population of the United States by about 300,000 in two months, three months, so
2: <laughs> well, that's...
10: Uh, I guess he's, he's been doing a great job. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and he he doesn't doesn't bother us by answering all those tough questions. So we just don't have to know where he stands or why he's doing what he's doing. But you know,
10: well, we we don't need to get some questions answered by him. All we have to do is look on Hunter's laptop, and all the answers are right there. Okay. <laughs> Take the time to look at
2: him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, well that that could be, but you know, the problem the problem I have with President Biden is that I just don't think he gives the impression of being strong or in charge. And I think Mark it well, begs I the question it begs the question I Mark know why is. you
10: think that when China's taking over now the Taiwan or look very making very strong moves against them and overture and, uh, sure. And since we and since he took over uh, Trump pretty much had the the Mid-East, the Middle East in a pretty pretty stable situation. Now we have turmoil again, and and uh, the Russians are now going to attack Ukraine. And yeah, he's a, he's done a wonderful job.
1: <laughs> and he's responsible for everything bad that happens in the world. Just at, well, then, a corollary would be if anybody if anything good happens in the world, that's President Biden's fault also. Right. Okay. So,
10: so let me know when something good happens. <laughs> it
1: was supposed to be <laughs> sunny today, so we'll attribute that to the president. So we'll, we'll, we'll start give me small. One,
10: give, me, give me one example of something good that happened.
1: Well, yeah, like I said, it's supposed to be sunny today, so that's, that's a good start. The, the um, Well,
10: that, that's part of the global warming
1: thing, so yeah. Uh, oh, I got you. That's the president's fault. Back again. Um, let's see. What about the fact that uh, the, the state... The states' coronavirus numbers are continuing to go down, or is that, that just because President Trump let so many people die? <laughs> oh, come on.
10: Well, <laughs> actually, since we get into that, we had we had maybe not not the answer to the to everybody's problem, but the the people that didn't want to put Trump in a good light during his reelection campaign did everything possible. To kill as many people in the United States as they could handle by by banning <coughs> hydroxychloroquine and some of them issues that
1: <laughs> maybe they
10: wouldn't have solved every problem <laughs> but oh, there were gosh. individuals that, that would have responded to that type of thing
2: okay now you're gonna get Mark started on what? the fact that President Trump supposedly told people to put inject themselves with
1: Lysol right yeah that actually, didn't work either.
10: actually actually who put that bug in his ear
1: uh, that was his
10: name is Tony
1: Fauci yeah, Tony, Dr. Fauci first mentioned making sure you're sanitizing everything you're right, good point yeah. alright, thank you so much Bob, thanks for calling in thanks for in. calling in, yeah, take care really appreciate the call yep. uh, Dan, you are next up on case On the Mark All right ahead
11: it's very in- interesting about this Capitol building and I agree with Joe that liberal press over plays that one scene over and over and over and we know what they're trying to say. Trump voters are crazy. They don't
3: deserve (laughs)
11: anything. But they never mention the fact that, uh, that many patriots were in that building. Many police officers and the one uh, homicide was done by a black lieutenant on a white Air Force veteran for no reason whatsoever.
1: She He's so shot Breaking shot in the head. Right, breaking th- oh, she wasn't shot in the head, but breaking through the doors of a locked building during a criminal trespasses, no reason Who's whatsoever.
11: building is it? Whose building is that? Is that ours?
1: I think it's Nancy Pelosi's in charge of security there.
11: I believe it is. She thinks it belongs to her, but I, I understand it's our building, we the people.
4: Oh, I get That's it. That's
11: okay. what I
1: understood.
2: So we oh, were, maybe
1: I'm wrong. We were well, we breaking the, into our building. We That's the people
2: cute. own the Washington Monument, but if you start taking a sledgehammer to it, you know, somebody might try to stop you. Right, that doesn't yeah. mean
1: you have an un, unlimited license I, to destroy it. I invite you what? to take your sledgehammer over to the local magistrate <laughs> or the courthouse and, and bust through the doors at night sometime because and insist it's your the building. Right. And, and guess what? You'll get to stay in another one of your buildings. buildings right. <laughs> <That's>
11: right. <laughs> (laughs) they're gonna they're gonna prosecute all these people that were in there going on a tour they're gonna prosecute them to the most extent of the law that they can do they're making an example of us trump voters they they're making a great example of us that hey, these people aren't even normal.
2: But Dan, the president told people to go there peacefully, but he also said words that intended to incite them you know go there and fight like hell and then say go there peacefully how do you go somewhere peacefully and fight like hell i think that's kind of a contradiction in terms but i mean the simple fact is that many people i agree with you many of the people who went there were not engaged in the riot but those who were deserve to be persecuted or not persecuted prosecuted <laughs> <They> <laughs> maybe persecuted. persecuted. they are being persecuted they can be prosecuted <laughs> too but, but you know they, there was bad behavior there and i think republicans have to admit that they there was bad behavior there in part incited by the president of the United States, in part incited by this belief that the election was stolen from him and that somehow their rights were trampled on. you know, And, and I don't think that those, those – the motivations that they went there for I don't think are right. I don't think the election was stolen. I know you and I disagree on that. And I don't think they had any right to, to break the law just because they were upset I would feel the same way we would talk about the riots in Portland where nobody seems to care about all that's been going on out there uh, day after day, month after month, now pretty soon year after year you know and and that's bad behavior too that's illegal behavior and we're either a country of laws or we aren't and whether you're right wing or left wing you follow the law or you get arrested and you suffer the consequences well
11: that all sounds great but uh, probably, I I just met some new Republicans yesterday, and they agree with me. I didn't tell them to say it that this election was stolen, oh, from
9: Trump, no. and they feel that uh,
11: yeah, they feel the pain that I do. And these people, when they were going in the Capitol building, you know, I felt their pain. I knew that they were doing a right thing in the, maybe the wrong way yeah uh, well you said. know and i feel their pain i know what they were saying and and i don't agree that trump had one thing to do with it he never told him to break in and in fact he told him to go home
1: yeah Let at the end of the two hours two hours too late yeah, yeah after half of them were
11: he you know and but yet, they hold him to the blame of it to this day. Even people like you, Joe, hold him to a certain degree of blame. And sure I don't I do. hold him any blame right. whatsoever on well, yeah. what have... happened that day.
1: All right, got to move just on.
11: People that love America the way, the way America was set up to be
1: we got to move on, Dan. Stuff. Thank you so much it, for calling in, buddy. A
11: statement.
2: Yep. Yep. I love America. I'm going to burn down the Capitol to prove it. I love this country.
11: Damn. Well, you <laughs> Don't know, it gets Stop. out of hand
1: Yep, yep, it did.
11: The Tea Party that <laughs> threw the tea over the boats, they were paid. And they were it, fed it, up. We recognized them, but they were breaking the law.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Dan. Help thank you. Thank you. Thank you. have, you, have thank a you. good one. Yep, you too, buddy. All right. We'll be right back. we got callers ready. We'll return shortly. Okay. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Uh, Chris, you get three minutes, and then Al gets What's one. Left? What's left?
9: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, you're wrong about Biden or the criticism about the uh, he's not supposed to answer any questions. It's obvious why he said that, because he wasn't supposed to, because it was a pep rally for getting people vaccinated. And that's what they wanted all the focus to be on. As he starts answering questions, he might say something that overshadows that. They didn't want anything to sh- overshadow that. And he didn't want anything to overshadow that.
1: Yeah, but do you think? And th- he
9: answered a couple questions, <laughs> and he did them quite well.
1: Do you think previous presidents were scolded before they went out? Now, don't stray from this. We want this to be the most important thing you oh, talk about. Oh, certainly. Okay. Uh, I have to
2: remember that I'm supposed to do this, so I'm going to go out there ah, and do hell.
9: it. Oh, yeah. You can make it sound dumb if you want, but you can sound dumb without trying to. <laughs>
2: See, you just, you won't admit, you just can't admit that, the, I mean, I, I go on this program all the time and I find fault with Republicans and Democrats, but you, you're just so blindly following the Democrats. Oh, they're wonderful. They do all the, the wonderful I things. Joe is Biden is so it's Biden, smart. And it's quite
9: obvious he is.
2: I think it's quite obvious he isn't.
9: <laughs> he is, too. There's nobody else.
2: <laughs> well then who is Why would
9: it would he take orders from his hey, vice president who is it Come that he's
2: on. who is it That's that he's ridiculous. going who is it that he's going to get in trouble with because he said he's going to get in trouble for answering these questions Jill who is it that he's getting in trouble with he said it i didn't
9: i don't know ask him well you're
2: not allowed to cuz he's not supposed to be answering and, these questions
9: the, the idea that trump asked answered every question is is he he he, uh, he just avoided answering any question he didn't like in all sorts of ways. He didn't answer a lot of the questions. He went on rants.
2: Well, but still, he was there. Other subjects. He was there.
9: Yeah, he was there. But I'm glad to have a president who isn't there, who isn't in love, in love with himself and his own voice, and thinks he's an expert on everything in the world. All that stuff about the vaccine—it was—it was. It was that was Trump thinking on his own. Nobody put that seed in his head.
1: Okay, you it got was a minute Trump left.
9: Trump thinking on his own, and oh. w- that's what the—that's the kind of garbage you get when an idiot thinks on his own.
1: Thirty seconds. Go ahead.
9: And. uh well, I think I think I'm like I said. I'm happy to have a, a quiet president where everything <laughs> is in a crisis and he has to come out and stir a pot.
1: This is infinitely that was, better. That
9: was Trump's strategy: stir the pot, get people excited.
1: Yep, this is a great Biden upgrade.
9: get people to calm down. <laughs> I think getting them to calm down is a much better thing.
1: All right, thank you so much, Chris. Thanks for still checking still want to know if he's in charge. Who he's going to get in trouble with? Al, you got 30 seconds. Go.
11: Wow, I thought I was going to get a minute, but he's three times more interesting. No, I just can't
1: count, and that's the problem.
11: (laughs) Anyways, uh, there's still 36 people that ended up in solitary confinement that are still there to this day after the directions.
1: No, it was a tourist stop. Come on now. Yeah,
11: they put the tourists in solitary
4: confinement, they get
1: them of Just a normal tourist, except for the bloodshed and the death and the violence and the destruction. And <laughs> bloodshed, violence, and Beating and up the cops and everything else. Just a normal tourist visit. This is WKOK Sunbury.